our client bought a mug inside a large peanut butter tub wrapped in uh, bubble wrap, which is that popping wrap to stop it from breaking. And she arrived with the peanut butter tub into the meeting and I looked at her with this disbelief, why is she bringing her own peanut butter? She then opened up the tub and pulled out a mug. And then I thought, she'd bring her own mug to drink my coffee. <laughs> and then it came out that that morning she'd been drinking coffee and she looked at her beautiful mug and decided that she wanted to base the color of the kitchen design on this beautiful piece of ceramic art. This is Open Studio by Studio York Architects. That was Jody York and I'm Tova Lubinsky and this is our podcast to share our architecture and design studio with you to enable, encourage and guide you through the renovation process. This episode is the heart of the home, kitchens. We like to share our tips and stories through a project. Today we're sharing a project with you that was for a family of four that became five during the building. They briefed us with bedrooms for the five of them and an open plan living area that had the opportunity to adapt as they get older and also as the children's needs change. So sometimes when you have older children, they could separate in the living space and the adults could dwell separately to the children. In this project, we had two very dissimilar perspectives. We had the aesthetic agenda versus the practical agenda. And aligning these two is always our challenge in the practice, but it's also always our challenge when working in a kitchen. As we move through this episode, you'll see that these key questions that came up from these clients are the same key questions that come up from all our clients and will come up with you and your designer in the process. Should I lay the space out in the traditional triangle format? The triangle formation is a traditional layout in the kitchen. Say you are making a stir fry and you need to move from getting the veggies to washing them, to prepping them and then popping them on the stove. What happens is you are effectively making a triangle shape traditionally where you move from the fridge to the sink, to the stove, back to the sink and then back to the fridge again. If you were to draw a triangle on the floor or stick some masking tape in the shape that you'd created by doing that, you'd create a triangle. So this form is traditionally how one would lay out a kitchen. But as time has moved on and sites are not so conducive to this layout, there have been different forms of kitchens. For example, a more galley style kitchen where you have all these three components in a row and you can move in a line from one to the other. So really when it comes down to it, you need to work out how you can use your space within the site, but also how you would like to use the space based on your own family and ritual. In the case of this project that we're working with at the moment, there was actually space to do a triangle layout, but the key question that threw a spanner in the works was where to place the sink. And that comes to our next question. Do I put the sink in the island? Obviously you do. Why wouldn't you put the sink in the island? Then you can put the dishwasher under the sink and da 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 No, that's <laughs> not the answer. 
The answer is, again, it depends on the space and the family. And this is where your architect will return back to the brief or your interior designer will want to return back to the brief as to how you use your kitchen. We know in this particular project, the client didn't want the mess of the sink visible as a hero of the room. So in this house, the journey or experience was down a hallway when you entered and then it opened up to this beautiful open plan living space, which is quite a nice surprise when you walk in the room. And that key experience is what drove where to put the sink. Everybody's priorities are different. So you may think, but that's silly. Why would I hide a sink or put the sink at the back of the bench if functionally it's better to have the person who's washing up face the living space? And obviously these are the questions that are going to continue to come up. We believe that your designer will direct you based on your family's function and how your family really uses the space. So when the designer asks you this question, step back, think, and ponder how you as a family function best and where your priorities lie. We're finding a lot in our projects when we're speaking to families that the kitchen is seen as a really central room of the house that's not just for preparing food, but for breakfast, eating in the kitchen, or doing your homework at the island, or having meals together for dinner. So the island actually becomes somewhat of a table that you want to keep clear and you want to allow all of those different lifestyle things to happen there. Now don't get us wrong, you can't always fit an island in your home. Sometimes we're doing an apartment and it's a very small space, or even some terrace homes don't allow us to fit an island. But the key thing here is not to worry about where the sink is needed or how the island will work. Once you work out your priorities, your designer will direct you how to lay out that space, but you need to come back to them with how you want to use that space and then they will guide you. For this project we're speaking about, the decision was to put the prep sink in the bench and in the island, they put a little zip tap sink. So just for boiling water or sparkling water and it really allowed the island to be a free surface that could have seating and function as a casual eating space. A little bit of history. Historically, the kitchen was the room in the home that was hidden from the rest of the living quarters. And this was done to separate social classes within the home structure. So think Downton Abbey, where the kitchen is buried down in the basement and the rest of the house is upstairs. And this is so that different social classes never have to interact. Robin Evans speaks about this in his seminal text titled Figures, Doors and Passages, where he explores the connection between spatial configuration and social life. In this essay, he looks at passageways in particular as an architectural form that were created to separate social classes so that different social classes never have to interact. This idea of hiding domestic activities in the home has changed drastically over time and the kitchen is a perfect example of a place where domestic activity takes place and is celebrated and featured within a home. History is not so boring after all. A significant turning point in this project that we referred to at the beginning of this episode 
was when our client came to our meeting with her Mud Mug. Mud is a local ceramic company that hand makes beautiful homewares and have recently gone international too. We use a lot of their products in our projects and we are really big fans. The color of the mug was then transferred and matched to be used as the bottom cupboards color for the kitchen. And this is something that we were really proud to represent in the kitchen, a client-led color and a client-led commitment to color, which meant she was very committed to the journey. And these clients, interestingly, were so dissimilar in their priorities for the projects. One party was very pro-practicality and the other party was very pro-design. It was really about finding a balance between practicality and aesthetic. And the use of this colour and this mug inspiration was a really lovely bridge between the two because the more pragmatic party had brought the mug to the meeting and therefore we had a wonderful connection and unification of concept with the more aesthetic-driven agenda. And back to more of the practical side of things, we are going to ask a few more questions that we often get asked and that you should be asking your designer in the process. Which benchtop material is best? What? Which benchtop material is best? You literally could be saying to me, how long is a piece of fishing wire? I don't know. It is a genuine question that is on everybody's mind. And your architect or designer will come to you with options. And once again, as always is the case, it's about practicality and how you as a family and your ritual uses the kitchen. There are many options, but the umbrella options are natural stone, a composite, or a complete independent resin-based material. And when I say resin-based, there's a lot of sort of fluidity in that. If you want a natural stone, you're looking at variation in the actual porosity of the stone, and the density of the stone will impact how hard or soft it is, and the ability for it to crack or get hairline cracks over its lifetime. Then when you do a composite stone, you're looking at quite the opposite actually, how strong it is and how much natural stone is in that composite. The more natural stone, often the weaker the composite. So the composites are effectively a man-made material because you're using part stone, part resin. And then the third option, something like Corian, is almost like a resin-based material where it's one material through the whole thing and there's no melding of different uh, surfaces that can create any sort of contrast or issue. When we talk about the ritual to use the material, it's more about how precious you are. So if you have people over and they're going to have a glass of red wine or you're going to make cocktails on your bench, are you comfortable with the natural stone aging gracefully? Or would you prefer something that would show nothing and therefore is much more durable long term and gives you the freedom to be a bit more rough and tumble in how you use it and then on the other spectrum when you go down a product like the Corian direction that is almost going to guarantee you something that you can buff out any error and easily maintain and easily correct over time which when it comes down to certain families makes much more sense if you're quite hard on all your services in the home. 
in this project, we ended up with needing to focus on the family's practicality and making sure that the surface was very durable, but still had a natural stone feel. So the client selected a product which was a composite. It's by a local brand called Smart Stone, and it was quite a neutral color with no veining. The agenda was that they could put a glass of wine on the bench and not feel like they needed to be precious with three children. But at the same time, we didn't want a busy vein that was going to detract from the beautiful teal base of the kitchen and the natural stone floors. So the balance that was achieved was quite a gentle beige color that looked like a natural material, but performed like a man-made material. How do I maximize my kitchen storage? Simply put, it comes down to drawers and cupboards, but more importantly, where you put your drawers and where you put your cupboards. That's it, you've nailed it. So it's where the drawers in the space are and where the cupboards are in the space are to make everything the most accessible and ordered so that the kitchen functions smoothly. And that you have zones for spaces that are everyday use, which should be drawers. And you have zones for your big platters that you use once in a while for entertaining, but you don't want to get damaged. Right. Often in our practice these days, we see more drawer use in the lower area of the kitchen, on the back bench and on the island. And this is because people don't want to have to lean down and lean to the back of a cupboard anymore. People want the accessibility of pulling out a drawer. So when you used to think that plates were stored in the upper cupboards and you reached your plates or your glasses, it's no longer really a solution that we recommend. And you'll see your designers will direct you at this point again. They'll give you the freedom of saying, this is our ritual and this is how we use our space, but they may come back to you with quite a strong perspective on how the space will actually function and what is more ergonomically applicable in your home. What's also helpful, what we do in the practice often is we'll go through with clients the type of appliances they have and the bigger items that they need to fit into their kitchen. So that will guide then, do we need an appliance cupboard? Do we need a little coffee corner? So it's really thinking through what you have in your kitchen that needs to be stored versus what you want to be on display or accessible. In this beautiful mud teal kitchen, which we've been referring to throughout this episode, they had a purpose-designed space for their coffee machine. They also had a purpose-designed space for their thermomix. And we will tell you the truth, when we got to the end of the build, we were unpacking boxes and I was there and the thermomix did not fit in the allocated space. And whose fault it was in the end, we don't know if it was a joinery error or my error in our practice. But when it comes down to the final crossing T's and dotting I's on drawings, there are often errors. And we were lucky enough that the joiner was happy to move the shelf and make it fit. So really, there are gonna be moments where you've allocated a space and sometimes when the house is built, it just doesn't work. And it's not necessarily an error. Sometimes you find a better place that you would like. So there's no formula, but it's about working with your designer to give each item and each space functionality and purpose in where it's located. If your toaster is going to be something you use every day, if you want it to be on the bench, but you want it to be hidden, put it on a sliding platform so that you can pull it out when you use it and you can push it back. So there are lots of little cute hacks that we really recommend. 
And if you want to write to us on our Instagram, we can come back to you with some really great little hacks that you can talk through with your joiners or your designers to make sure you can realize your dream and do things like hide a coffee machine or hide a microwave or place an oven in a way that it's the best ergonomic location for your back so that you can see the oven so that you can get items out without burning yourself so that it's away from kids because there's all those things that come into play depending on your stage of life live on site this week we are working with a planner in bondi and uh, our council which is the same as our office to add a hard stand for their beautiful semi, which they have lived in for 15 years. Our challenges this week have been about boundaries and depth of the front of the house. Yeah, because we've had to eat into some of the house to get enough space for a parking allowance. And so it's about then juggling how we relocate that space within the house and how we still maximize the space around the parking with storage. And also the streetscape. It's really important for the local council under their DCP and LEP ruling that we don't take up more than one car spot in introducing off-street parking. And that is really hard to achieve when you're working in such high density. It's going into council shortly and hopefully in a couple of months, we'll get back to you with a positive outcome. Here are some more things to consider. Do you want to have two sinks in the kitchen? Which floor should be used in the kitchen? Do you want a pull-out pantry? Do you want a built-in bin? We advise for and against these for different reasons, but it really is a personal decision. Talk it through with your joinery company, your kitchen company, your designer or your architect, because the outcome will be that much better when you talk through each of these small components. Kitchens are the heart of the home and they do take so much time to design. It's worth putting the time in because they're the heart of the home and they are where everybody ends up. As history has shown us, it did not start this way, but in the end, the warmth and love in your kitchen comes through and the functionality of the kitchen makes the house a more comfortable, happy place. We would love for you to give us a call and invite us into your kitchen for a cup of tea. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Open Studio by Studio York Architects. Follow us on Instagram at Open Studio by Studio York and our website is www.studioyork.com.au and you can now find this podcast streaming on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'm Tova Lubinsky. And I'm Jodie York. And we'll see you next time for Open Studio by Studio York Architects. Bye. Bye.